Welcome to the Homefront Podcast. I'm your host, Tori McQueen. I'm a realtor, an entrepreneur, a mom to five, and a bold dreamer, always on a mission to turn nothing into something. Have you ever wondered how all these other entrepreneurs do it all? Can they actually have a successful and thriving business while also having a happy home life? Here, we dig into the real stories on how to run a biz and a home life, how to scale and grow, and how to manage parenting and relationships without sacrificing your home life or happiness. After all, isn't that what matters most? Let's get to it. Hey, Katie, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Hi, Tori. Likewise, thank you so much for having me. Yes. Okay. So today, well, you're pretty much the financial expert here. So before we get into all that good stuff, can you kind of share a little bit with the audience um, how you started, what your home life looks like with family leading up to where you are now? Sure. So I live in New Hampshire with my husband and two kiddos. They are eight and my youngest is almost six. And when my kids were babies, I was actually a high school teacher and a coach. I was a college advisor. I lived or I, I used to live on boarding schools, but I worked in boarding schools. So I worked just a really crazy schedule that required a lot of nights and weekends and just very like unpredictable um, kinds of hours. And it got to the point where I felt like I wasn't home very much. I was constantly carting my little kids, you know, to daycare. And I was blessed to have the daycare right next to my classroom. But it was just this daily grind that over time felt like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like this just isn't I was in my mid-30s, like this was not a life that I wanted to continue having. And I knew I was in a season with young kids, but it just felt like I was stuck in so many other areas of my life too. So I had had my own really unique and transformative experience with money and paying off some debt that I had that felt really heavy and just a, a sort of a life transformation that started with changing how I treated money. And so in this period of, okay, I'm stuck. I don't really know what I want to do next. I want to spend more time at home. This idea of helping other women with their money and going through that kind of a transformation that had made such an impact on my life earlier, that came to the forefront. And so I, and it's actually really exciting because it's about five years ago this month or in February when I had that moment of, I need to do something different. And over the course of about a month, I decided, that's it. This is my last year. I'm retiring from teaching. I'm wow. going to this new business to work with women with their money. And I, it was over sort of the spring break period where I really said, that's it. I'm making this change. And I thought I was going to spend the next 20 years at the school. I had this story that my kids need to go to this kind of a school. And in order for that to happen, I need to work here to get that tuition re remission. And I had held on to that story. It was the only story I knew. Wow. That. And I had this moment one day when all of a sudden it was like, oh, actually, they don't have to go to the school. And when I had that thought and I believed it, everything changed. Like all of a sudden I was free. 
And it was the most amazing realization that that thought or that belief had me so locked into this life that I thought was so important and that I had to show up for and be really, you know, available for. And all of a sudden, I saw every reason why I shouldn't be there anymore. I saw every reason why it was holding me back. And so it's a little off topic for, you know, like what I do now, but that was just such a transformative moment. And I now, like looking back on that, like those are the moments that I love to have with my clients when all of a sudden they see a story or a belief that they've had and changing that or seeing it for what it actually is can change everything. It can be a catalyst for a complete life transformation. So that was really important for me. I decided to leave teaching in that moment and I did. I followed through with it and I've been working with women, uh, particularly women entrepreneurs at this point, but all women with their money and uh, haven't looked back. Absolutely love it. So that's kind of my story from how I got here. And when I first made that choice, a lot of people were like, wait, how are you? Because I taught high school Latin and they're like Latin money. Like I don't see it's really hard for a lot of people to make that shift. But I identified to someone who understood money and who'd had the success with money and had made this change with money and knew what it took. And that was sort of my secret, my story, my experience that I had and um, was now ready to sort of share with the world. So uh, yeah, thanks so much for sharing all that. I know it's always a loaded question when I first ask people, okay, where you, where did you start? Where are you at? Tell us everything, you know, but I love to hear your perspective on what you've been through in your journey and your story. So I like where you say the story that you told yourself, you started to recognize that that story was just simply a story and not necessarily the truth in that moment. And I think that that's so huge because I do chat with a lot of entrepreneurs, but even myself thinking about those moments where you struggle with making a change. But a lot of times it's because what you think is supposed to be, you you kind of start questioning that. Like, wait, why why does that have to be that way? Like, why is it? And sometimes it goes back to your own beliefs or like when you were raised or what people around you think or you know, things that you think you should be doing when really it's not, right? It's just like, wait, this, yeah. So I like that you shared that because I think a lot of people struggle with making change when it comes to that because of that, just simply the story they tell themselves. Well, I'll, I'll say something to that too, because you're right. It is, a lot of it can be how you're raised. It can be the people who are around you now, but there's also, so what happened with me in particular, so I was raised by an entrepreneur. I sort of also had the story that someday I would have my own business. And I didn't really know how that fit in. But because I was in this environment currently that said, this is really important. Kids need this kind of education. This is, you know, this is important work, right? That we should feel so, um, what's the word, like honored to do. And it was an honor. I love teaching. I think education is vitally important, but it just wasn't bringing out all of my strengths. It wasn't for me. It wasn't, it wasn't my family's choice of lifestyle, right? So I was, but I was surrounded by that energy and that atmosphere that this is the work that's important. And this is where, you know, you spend a lifetime once you get into it. And so even though I had been raised, you know, 
to start a business, to do something else, to really design your own life, I was very affected by the people around me. And one of my first mentors is someone by the name of Jim Rohn. And a lot of people know Anthony Robbins. So Tony Robbins was a student of Jim Rohn. And so this idea of the five people you spend time with, that, I mean, I'm sure Jim Rohn didn't make it up, but I know uh, Tony Robbins talks about it a lot too, but they both really stress this idea that the people you surround yourself with, like the average of their income will be your income. The average of their ideas will be your ideas. The average of their brain power will be your brain power, like your physical activity. And so really being careful about who you're spending your time with. And, you know, you can be in an environment, you can be in a work setting and say, okay, those five people bring out the best of me or they, it feels like, you know, the best for me right now, but you're still in that environment. And so getting out of that box and saying, okay, like how can I stretch even beyond this environment that I'm used to? Instead of taking five people within an environment. How do I get out of the environment and then pick the people? And Mm -hmm. that what can be so challenging for so many people. And a lot of with money, it's the same thing. It's like, well, I can only stretch so much because in my environment, these are the ideas that are around me. How do I seek new ideas, new people and, and change my average, right? Yes. And that is so huge. And it is a struggle. Like, financially for people, but also for their goals in life. And like you said, I think some people look around and like, okay, the five that are average that are around me, there's nothing wrong with them. They're not bad. And they serve me really well right now. And I think that is where people struggle because they're like, well, I really like some of these people. I like them there. But you also have to think about, okay, but is that where I want to be as far as my own personal development? And so then it's hard because you're like, well, you feel like, okay, if I go to a different level or a different environment, that means I don't care about these people, right? Because I'm, I'm too good for these people. But really, it's, that's not the case. And I think that that's where a lot of the emotional struggle is for at least some of the entrepreneurs that I talk to. But really, it comes down to, you know, I think I've, I've read this several times in many different books from mentors, but it's like, you have to look at what the future you needs to be surrounding yourself with. Like, who does that person, what are they doing on a daily basis? What are they spending their money on? What are the problems that they're facing and and dealing with? Because everybody has problems. So what problems are they trying to solve instead of these other problems in this other environment? And it's just shifting of environments. That's it. And I think too, I mean, if you think about it practically, so, you know, if you have a friend or a family member who will always be part of your life. And maybe they're in a set of circumstances or they have chosen a life path that just doesn't match where you want to go. Of course, you don't say goodbye to that friend or family member, but there's a difference, there's a difference between having, you know, two, one or two meals a day with that person and engaging in conversation and having the impact of beliefs and thoughts and just language with a particular person, instead of doing that one to two times a day, if instead one to two times a day, you're listening to podcasts or you're part of a group mastermind or you're, you know, having lunch with a mentor or 
you are doing, you know, you're, you're engaging in other kinds of conversations and you still see the friend or family member once a week or twice a, twice a week, depending on, you know, if they live with you or not. But it, again, just look at the balance and how do we start to shift the balance and how do we make sure that we're adding more of the future, you know, who do I want to surround myself with and not have where we've been or where we are that we're trying to move from, not have that be the dominating force in our lives. Yes. Yes. And that's so huge. So let's talk about now your money transformation, right? So that you keep talking about this story that really, and and honestly, you're still teaching. So you're still giving huge impact. So it's all part of your story where you're teaching, but now you're just finding something that is truly aligned with you and where you can make the most impact. And finances are huge. So let's talk about that journey. I'll share that in a moment. (laughs) Just what you said there just reminds me of something that I think is really important to share. And yes, I'm still teaching. And an example that comes to me a lot is I would have, you know, 16, 17 year old kids come into my classroom and just burst into tears, right? And it would be every kind of kid. It would be the kid who is, you know, got a 4.0, doing awesome in school. You've got the kid who thinks has it all together and is like the most popular kid. I had all of them. And one at a time, they'd stream in, they'd burst into tears. Life was so hard. Everything's falling apart. <laughs> you like, right? And, and I would say to them, like, and of course, I never told them who, but I would say, you wouldn't believe who was in my room 20 minutes ago. Like, you're all going through this and it's okay. It's normal. This is, you know, like, here's the next step. And that's what I do with my clients. That's what I do with community members. I get on the phone with a woman and she's frustrated. She's, she's upset. She's scared. She's just, you know, annoyed. She's excited. She's all the feelings, but she feels like, am I the only one? Like, is this normal? And it's like, yeah, yeah. Like, the woman who's, you know, got a quarter million dollar a year business was just having the same conversation with me. What? Just different problems. It's all the same. We're all human. We're all experiencing this. We're all on a journey. And no matter where you are on the journey, you can have the same emotions and the same feelings. And so let's work through those and make the money part easier. Okay. So I just wanted to say that because I thought oh, thank you. it's relevant and I really am still doing the same work, which is exciting. Okay, so when I was 20, I would say I was probably 24, 25, I had around $40,000 in debt and I was teaching in a private school, which meant I was making probably, I don't know, $23,000, $24,000 a year. And I had housing, which sort of offset the super low salary, but I felt like I was stuck and that was going to be or I shouldn't say stuck, but I just, I saw that as, well, this is my future. Yes. I'm not, I'm not going to make much money. Like this is, this is what I've decided as a career. And so this is it. And there was a lot of sort of um, lack mentality, scarcity mentality. And I couldn't have put words to that back then, but I know now I just had this feeling of, well, this is it. There's going to be this fixed amount coming in and I need to figure out what to do with it. Plus and- with all schooling, right? All the schooling that you've gone through to like get to where you're at, people people go through years of schooling to get where they're at. So it's almost that mentality like, okay, well, it's kind of too late to start over is what people think. Yeah. 
Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't like, well, I'll go back and like find a career to make more money. Like, And again, I always had the seed of I'll figure it out someday and like start a business. But at the time that felt very far away because I was, you know, in my mid twenties, I was still a baby. Yeah. So I, um, or at least I felt that I feel that way now looking back. Um, <laughs> essentially I had, I had had LASIK surgery, so I had medical bills and I had a lot of credit card debt just from college and after college, I had student loans and it got to the point where I realized that it was just going up. Like my car would break down and I didn't have enough money to cover it. And so I was just using credit cards for everything. And I also had that feeling of like where, like I need to have fun too. Like I need to live this life. I, again, like I'm young. I'm like, well, people like go shopping and go out to dinner. Like they must just use credit cards or like, I didn't know I hadn't figured it out. And my, my income felt so limited. It was like, well, I have to depend on credit cards. I have to just like make it work, figure it out. It'll all work out. And I I trusted that things would just work out, but it also just felt really heavy and awful for years. So I, it came to a head when I really just felt like I was totally maxed out and it got a little scary and I just felt like enough is enough. I need to figure something out. So I did create a situation where I could make more money. So I did a lot of nannying and babysitting. Um, I went to teaching part time so that I could do other jobs, too. So I really did um, like, quote unquote, hustle. But it was the right time for me. Like it was a season where um, thankfully I wasn't married yet. I didn't have yet like i i went on this journey early which i'm so grateful for i'm so grateful that i kind of hit that rock bottom moment when i was so young and that completely over a period of about 2 years like i paid everything off and wow. it was a catalyst you know i i've been drinking too much i've been eating too much like total I, consumption I myself yeah and I was, it was all just, you know, spending money that I didn't have and relationships weren't going the way I wanted them to. And I wasn't showing up for work the way I wanted to. I was scattered, like all, all of it. It was just all a mess. And when I first started doing this work with the money and really getting that grounded and feeling like I have this strategy and I'm not going to stop like this, I'm, I'm just doing this. It just all started to work together. And I saw a reason to take a little bit better care of myself. And I felt more confident in all the other areas of life because I saw these wins and I saw a future where, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be drowning in debt. I'm actually going to like have a financial future that I can get excited about. Yes. yes. And that's, and that's huge. Did you, um, were you any kind of, did you follow anybody who's big now, like Dave Ramsey style, or did you kind of create your own method? Yeah, no, I totally, I followed Dave Ramsey and he actually um, kind of resurfaced in my life when I wanted to leave teaching. Um, there was no YouTube or like there was barely an internet when I, right? like when I paid off my debt, well, I I had taken out one of his books from the library. And so like he and that program will always have a, you know, a special place in my heart. But I, I did start out certified as a master coach with him and a preferred coach. 
but left that organization after a few years because I really just, I found that it was just too, I don't know what the right word is here, stringent, too. Scarcity mindset. Yeah, well, definitely that. (laughs) Definitely that. I think for the the women that I wanted to work with, the women that I was working with, and again, like that plan and that program can work for a lot of people. Like there's no one right answer for anyone. But dig out, dig out, dig out, which sometimes takes doubling down or tripling down on a strategy to be able to dig your hands in and pull yourself up from your debt. That's my personal belief. I think that there are different programs for everything. Just like with weight loss, there are different programs depending on if you're 450 pounds or if you're, you know, 30 pounds overweight. There are different strategies and based on your body and your lifestyle and your goals. So I do, I don't hate on Dave Ramsey. I think that it's a great strategy for people who need to dig out of that. Yeah. And some people are really, some people really like, like they need that kick, like um, to like really get super competitive with themselves and it just works with their personality. Something that I've learned though from a lot of people who have, have used it and this even kind of happened to me a little bit is that in that intensity, if it takes too long, number one, it just reinforces this idea that I, I'm no good at money and it just always has to be hard and it always has to feel really bad. and it can also rewire us to not know how to enjoy money and feel like there's, again, always something we need to be digging out of. So what I teach is very different and it's really looking at, okay, where are you now? And what's the most important thing for you to be focusing on right now with your money? And let's do that. But on the way to building your financial foundation or working towards financial freedom, let's make sure that we're actually also building a life that you want. And let's make sure that you're not treating your therapist as a splurge. Let's make sure that your kids are engaged and active and doing things that make them healthy. Like that's, let's prioritize everything else that's more important than money. Um, and then, of course, if we're in an emergent situation, you know, we can, we can figure that out and we can sort of triage. But I, I generally don't work with women who are in an, that kind of an emergent situation. It's more of a, I've got blinders on and it's just really stressing me out. And it shouldn't be stressing me out because I'm doing well. And I just don't know what to do with, I don't know what to do with the money piece. And it feels, well, why, why is it stressful? So that, that, those are the, those are the people I like to work with most because there can be such an intense and significant change. And they've had success in business, right? They're they're changing the world. They're doing amazing things. Let's really like turn that dial up. So yes, well, and I love this, and I'm gonna let you go all in on this of a subject of what you teach because I think it's so important. And I do speak to a lot of entrepreneurs, and I I chat with a lot of them, and it's interesting because some of them are killing it, right? They're doing all the things online, and they're getting all this notoriety, but they're not monetizing, right? So they're either struggling there or they're they know how to make money they're monetizing they're doing all this but they um aren't living the lifestyle that they want to live right they're just constantly chasing the money and not remembering okay why do you even care about this money you know are you even enjoying this money that you're making and then some people make all this money but then they don't know how to manage the money right? right so it's all these everyone has this like you said it's normal i think everybody's going through that 
And the thing is, too, is that nobody openly usually talks about it in group settings. Like there's like the masterminds aren't saying, hey, you're in debt, too. How do we get out of debt, but still get our revenues up? And how do we? Oh, oh, you're you're getting more debt to get more revenues. Okay, okay, you're spending more here and less here. It's like there's not as much of that conversation. So I'd be happy to hear your input on that too after you share kind of what what your special sauce is. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so the special sauce, <laughs> what I think is so so important is that we have a combination of connecting with your money, directing your money and building your foundation, building your net worth over time. Okay. So the the first two are really the two that work in tandem. And I've seen, you know, people go all in and by people, I mean me, <laughs> go all in <laughs> on one and not have the other. And that's where things can backfire. So connecting with your money essentially means how, how do I build a relationship with my money? What is my relationship with money like? So if you think about your money as your partner or spouse or someone you're even dating, how are you interacting with your money? If you sit down and, you know, go through, and some people will say like, oh yeah, I did a money Monday once, right? Like I sat down <laughs> and everything. But if you don't call, if you don't text back, if you don't have the date weekly, that's, that's a fizzled relationship. So like we can't just do it one time. How you talk to yourself about money, right? That also builds the relationship. So how you communicate. And a lot of that is what are the what are the things that we're saying to ourselves about money? If you spend money on something that you, I'm doing air quotes, think you shouldn't spend on. And instead of saying like, I'm enjoying this, like I'm happy to spend my money on this once in a while. Like this feels really good to me. This feels luxurious. If instead you're saying oh my gosh, I can't believe you went through Starbucks again. You're like horrible with money, right? That's not serving the relationship. And every time your money hears you say stuff like that, it's like, cool, I'm out. Because then you're going to like go buy something else that you don't need because you're reinforcing the thing. No, it's the same thing with food, right? Absolutely. So So the connection piece it's it's building that relationship and it's also literally connecting with your money. So looking, you know, what what's going on? What do you have coming in? What is going out? What are you spending on? What is your net worth? What do you owe? What kinds of investments do you have? Like being able to see it all in one place and say, okay, this is where I am and and know sort of what metrics I can check and see what my progress is and create an actual strategy because I know what's going on. So that's a big piece of the puzzle is that real like deep relationship and connection piece and thinking about your money as truly like something that you build a relationship with. It's just so crucial. So you have to date your money. You have to date your money. Yeah. Which how frequently? I mean, ideally a few times a week, but at least once a week, right? So if you're getting started. But women so many women and men for that matter, but so many of us women just have a lot of stories about money, right? What did our families talk about when it came to money? What experience have, have you had that associate money with shame or guilt or fear? I mean, quite frankly, so there's a there can be intense levels of trauma attached to money. I, I can't go into all of that. 
now. But the idea that I want everyone to walk away with here is that you get to choose what your relationship with money is. Money is it's just a tool and it is it can be loaded with just energy and stories and misconceptions and real life experiences that don't feel good. But you do get to rewrite all of that. And you truly do get to change how money can operate in your life if you're willing to go on that journey. Yes. And know that you have full control to change your thoughts about it. If you, you really want. do. You yeah. really do. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, friends. I'm just chiming in here to invite you to join in on my Friends Club. It's like a newsletter, but way more fun. By joining, you'll get exclusive access to bonus episodes, freebies, tools, tips, and resources to empower you to scale in your business and your home life. As a bonus, you'll get the option to opt in to get monthly video updates on what I'm working on behind the scenes in my business and my home front. This is your chance to take advantage of all the valuable content from myself and guests on the show, as well as getting to know each other on a lot more personal level. It's super easy. Just click the link in the show notes or go to toriemcqueen.com slash friends club to join. That's toriemcqueen.com slash friends club. See you inside. So that is the that is the connection piece. So a simple sort of takeaway question is, how can I spend 30 minutes building my relationship with money this week? How can I spend 30 minutes connecting with my money this week and just have that be a starting point? So the second piece is directing your money. And when I say directing your money, I mean you are fully in control of the money that's coming into your life and giving it a specific thing to do. You are telling your money specifically what it's going to do and what action it's going to take, mm -hmm. how it's going to be spent. Now, just because you do that doesn't mean it's going to work out perfectly, but that's fine. That is way better than not making the plan. So I'm sure you've probably had a conversation on the podcast before about the idea of decision fatigue. And it's the same kind of thing with your money. If you are waking up every single morning and wondering, do I have enough in the account to get groceries today? Are we going to make a rent on time? So-and-so has got, you know, we got to pay the, the fee for soccer for five kids. Is that, are, do we have it? We get invited to a wedding that's overseas. Like, is that, or not overseas, but like, you know, a few yeah. states. It could be overseas, like, but that's, I mean, a basic thing like, oh, we want to go a couple states over in over the summer. Can we do that? So if we're waking up every morning and the process is, what's the plan? Can we do it? Is the money there? That is so tiring. That is so stressful. And that can affect every other aspect of our life. Yes, so I would agree. So a lot of what I see a lot of entrepreneurs and women in general doing is spending, they'll say, oh yeah, I'm connecting with my money. I'm checking my bank accounts. I'm keeping track of how much I spent on groceries last month. I know when all my bills are due. Okay, cool. But if we're only ever looking at what we already did, there's absolutely no way to affect change. Like we're only just accounting. We're just looking at what happened. Mm -hmm. And what happened and we don't like it, we're just perpetuating again the story of, I don't do what I say I want to do with money, but you never really said what you wanted to do. So this is the opportunity to say, all right, 
like we're recording right now, end of January. The money that I made in my business in January is what I'm going to spend on my on my bills and other things in February. So I know, okay, this is a revenue that came in. I've got my plan mapped out for February. I know where that money's going. It's not a matter of, okay, as I get paid in February, I'm going to quickly turn around and pay that invoice that came in a few days ago. Or I hope the client or the potential client right. I'm tomorrow, like I hope she signs because I just hired a new VA and I need those extra, like that's stressful. That's what a lot of entrepreneurs are doing. So it's like, how can we create some space by saying, I know what my money's going to be doing over the next 30 days or 60 days. I know what's coming. I'm being mature enough to say, if we're going to be going on this vacation in three months, we need to think about it now. We're not going to just yeah. do what we want to do and just hope it works out. Right. And right. I was in there. I was a, I hope it's just going to work out kind of person for a long time. So it will eventually if you, if you can handle it. Yeah. But it's you working itself out, right? It's you having to dig yourself and get to back to where you started. Um, well, and I, I think that's so, I, here's the thing with female entrepreneurs too. So I notice a lot of your examples are things that we deal with as mothers and females. Even if you're a male and you're a parent, you're looking at your at-home expenses. A lot of times at the end of the day, it's about what you and your family can do. But in the mix, obviously, to make good business decisions, we have to have proper business expenses too. And it's a totally separate book of business, right? Yep. So you have your home business and then you have your your businesses that you're working on with your profits and losses and your accountants and things like that. So how would you say you see women struggle and then overcome that? Or do they do the both processes the same? Yeah. So well, simultaneously, you know? Yeah. Some some women I start working with it's all one pot, right? And there hasn't even been that separation of personal and business. So okay. that's that's step one is like, let's really separate. Another thing I see is a lot of women will say, oh, no, I have a bookkeeper and a CPA. I'm good. And that's like saying- That's the accountability. That's the accounting, right? There's like emotions in that. Yeah. I mean, that's like saying, oh, no, I have a gym membership. I'm good. Like bank statements, I'm straight. Are you going to the gym? Like you can hire the personal trainer and like the gym membership, but if you don't show up, if you don't know what's going on, if you don't know how to donuts every day, yeah, exactly. So yes, like I, I 100 like yes, hire the professionals in your life that are going to to outsource the tasks that you don't want to do or shouldn't do, but as a CEO, as a business owner, you absolutely have to know what's going on with your money. You absolutely have to. Like, that's a non-negotiable. Money is the lifeblood of your business. Mm -hmm. And you got to have your finger on the pulse. So if you don't know what's going on with your money, you, like, you can't outsource that. You, you cannot. And the same thing happens then at home. So if we don't know what's going on with our finances at home, we are going to show up in our business with yep. that familiar imposter syndrome. Like, how can I show up in my business and be a CEO if I don't even know how much money I need to bring home? Well, and it all has to do with your confidence, right? Like, how do you feel confident in your decision making if you don't know what your books look like or what your money is doing for you and all of that? 
Oh my gosh, that's huge. Yeah. I mean, well, and that's why I think it's so important for women to do this kind of work because that the the word I like to use is detachment, right? So let's say you know exactly what money is coming in next month, more or less. I, well, you know, we can't all predict that, but you have an idea. You know exactly what your expenses are. You know exactly, you know, how much money you have saved in case of an emergency. You know exactly what, how many hours you can afford to outsource to your VA over the next few months. Like when you know all of that, when you know what's going on in your business and when you know what capacity you have, making decisions is so easy. But on top of that, getting on the phone with a potential client is a, is a totally different situation because you're not scrambling, you're not desperate, you're not totally unaware of it. it just it, you're not in this constant like I need money, I need money, I need money. All of a sudden, it's I want a really great client. Like yes. who's, like who's my next great client? And not where's the money coming from? Absolutely. And I teach that a lot with my real estate agents on my real estate team. Like a lot of, I call it commission breath. And I say, listen, like, oh, like if you're this upset about one client deciding to terminate something, like there are other problems here. Like it's, it's not go get more, right? Or, or if you're upset about this client not giving you what you're worth, right? You need to have enough in the pot to be able to walk away from your non-ideal clients to go seek out more of your ideal clients. Like it's a different problem, right? Um, but of course, if you're not comfortable with where you're at financially, you don't have the luxury or you feel like you don't have the luxury to to walk away, right? Or to say, it's all right if you don't love this home. Let's on to the next. I don't care if it takes you two weeks or two months or two years to find a home. Like, because yeah. my income's not affected by it because I have so many other ideal clients that it's not affected by it. So I don't have commission breath because it's not... <laughs> I'm not scared like that. And guess what that does to the relationship now? Like those buyers are going to be obsessed with you because you're actually serving them and helping them. They don't, I mean, well, another question. They don't, they don't smell the commission breath. It's totally fine. It, we're not. Yeah. So I think that's huge. I well, think and I find, that, I find that with outsourcing too. So if you, as a business owner, and so I've seen this with clients too, when they first come on, it's like, okay. I, I just had this big month. It's my first big month. And so I hired a marketing strategist and I hired and I hired and all of a sudden they've got these recurring expenses that matches this like first big month they've ever had. And it's like, it's no already way. gone. And not only is it already gone, but they've now set themselves up where they need to repeat that big sort of uh, unusual month again and again and again, because they put everything on payments. And again, there's nothing wrong with payments. There's absolutely nothing wrong with investing in your business. But if we don't take a breath, like I love this word breath, if we don't give ourselves, you know, a five, yeah, let the money sit in the account and create a strategy. The next time $5,000 comes into your business unexpected, know what you're going to do with it, right? Instead of wondering, and how many people has this happened to, right? Like they, they signed a client they weren't expecting or you know, for whatever reason, right, more money comes in and a, a week later, two weeks later, it's gone and they don't even know where it is. Like, it's just, it's gone. Right. Because they don't delegate it or they don't know where to put it. So they just spend it. And I get so that, that. Yeah. And so that directing piece is so important because if you do, and, and here's the thing too, like if you outsource and if you do delegate, 
without the strategy and without really knowing, okay, well, how's more money coming in or what are we going to do? Like that creates a lot of resistance and fear. And it, it, we sort of almost turn and say like, okay, well, I, like, it didn't I, work. No. you figure it out. Like, I don't know, you figure it out. And so the energy in the, in the outsourcing can be really, really heavy and not serve you the way it would if you actually sort of mapped this out strategically. Right. It doesn't mean you have to save for eight months to invest in your business. <laughs> it's like there's a difference between between doing something, you know, spending the money before the contract's even signed yes. and taking a breath and spending a few weeks looking at, okay, what are the next steps? What do I actually need here? Yeah. And with uh, the outsourcing piece, like I won't dive too much into this because it's kind of a different topic, but it's with your time too. Like I struggled with this initially, right? You outsource pieces, but then you're like, okay, but where am I going to, now that I have all this time, where am I going to spend that time that I'm outsourcing? So if I'm spending this much money, I have to make double doing something else. So what are those? Like you have to plan for all that too. Those are, those are pieces as well. But like, if I'm, if money's going out here, you're also having to think of the return on that money. So there's all those pieces there. But yeah, that's, and yeah. that's why it's well helpful to outsource at the right time because it can take a little bit of that pressure off mm -hmm. where it's like, well, if I know that I can cover this expense, I don't necessarily have to turn around and hustle to make it work for me. Like right. we can, again, it's like creating that space. So it's like, I can, I can afford to outsource this for a few months and I don't necessarily have to turn around and, you know, triple my profits because I'm I'm paying this one contractor. Like, let's right. build that in. Let's make it work with what's happening now and then see what does it give me time for? And that gives you the time to be strategic and to really look at, okay, what's next? What's working? What do I want to do more of? Okay, good. So that second piece is to really delegate where your money goes. And do you recommend people doing that on like a notebook or like? How do you recommend? So directing your money, is that what you mean? Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah. So so in the business, so I have a tool that I use with my clients and I'm turning it into sort of a free resource very soon here. So hopefully I'll be able to share it with your community. Um, but that's one that's very, it's like a basically a sheet that shows you, okay, this is what's happening in the coming month. And you can map it out as far in advance as you want and see exactly what you're going to have available. And then on the personal side, a lot of clients like different things. I personally still use EveryDollar, which is the Ramsey Solutions um, budgeting app. And I like it because it's just so easy. It's free. And it's just one that I've used for years and I'm comfortable with. So it's right. the kind of thing where like find something that works for you. It could be just a notebook where you basically say, here's our, here's our income and here's where it's going. But the key is that you you are prioritizing the things that matter to your family. And my the last sort of piece of what I teach is building. So we're always building a financial foundation. We're always building the life that we want. We're always building, you know, our net worth and towards financial freedom. So knowing what that next piece is for you and your family and making sure that's part of the plan, right? And then so we're directing the money there. And we're connecting with it on a regular basis so that we, we're feeling good about it. We're, we're saying nice things to ourselves. We're reinforcing this, the new stories that we want. And Is there a percentage you would recommend that goes towards the building part or no? Um, 
No, it depends on the person. So I don't, I really don't like to do the cookie cutter stuff. It really depends on where the person is right now. But something, something should be going to that unless of course you're in the, like a crisis kind of situation. But again, like I don't talk to very many women who are actually there. It might feel like they are, but they're not <laughs> actually in a crisis situation. Um, so yeah, so something should be going towards it. And that might be paying off some unwanted debt. It might be saving money. Um, when in doubt, practice saving money. I'll say that. Right. And it always depends on what season you're in too. So like, are you bringing in a new family member? Are you, are you having, like, do you have twins and are you on maternity leave? I mean, there's, I love that piece because the building part, and that's what I like to hone in on. Everybody's success looks different, but that building piece is so critical with your finances because most people look around them, especially with online, and they're looking at what other people are building. And you're like, but that's not even, you can't really follow what they're doing because it's really not what, what you want, right? So they, they're comparing that. And that's why I think getting realistic on what you truly want to build for yourself is important. Yeah. And you have to be careful online. So much of that is staged and rented and like so much of it's fake anyway. So be careful online. But yeah, I mean, but people that you know, and right, we're all, our, all of our journeys look different. All of our stories look different. All of our seasons are different. And if you're in a position where you say, okay, yeah, but I really like, I need to make a change. Like this is, this is not where I should be. Like, I know I can feel like this is not right. I need to be doing something better. Like, that's when I say, well, then let's see, you know, seek out some guidance and let's figure out like, what is the right next step for you? What, what should your money be doing to help you get to this goal? And, um, what can your unique journey look like? What would you like for it to look like? And that can be a really powerful conversation to get you started. Oh, great. Well, I could chat with you forever about money and all of this because I, I don't think people talk about it enough, but I think it's great that you're able to, you know, have this system for other entrepreneurs, especially entrepreneurs who are running their households that have to deal with all of this and really just recognizing that this is a normal thing. Like people go through it all the time, but having you there as like the money expert, I think is huge. So if you guys haven't already started following Katie, you should now. Katie, can you tell people what you're working on now and where people can find you um, to reach out? Absolutely. So the best place to find me is either on Instagram at Katie underscore Olmstrom or my podcast, Messy to Magnetic. And this is one of me, this is me and one of my coaching clients actually publishing our sessions together. So it's a really unique and kind of fun podcast. And I, and then I have a Facebook group um, that is called the Simplified Business Money Habits for Women Entrepreneurs. So we can link up all of that. And right now, uh, doors are open for my mastermind, which is called MoneyWise. And this is for women entrepreneurs who want to take the blinders off around money, who want to be, like you were saying earlier, Tori, like in a community of women who are like, oh, you're building an empire and you're in debt that you're stressed about. Like, how do we do both? How do we, how do we like build this business? How do we feel great about money? How do we talk to other entrepreneurs who are going through it and feel that sort of that camaraderie and that, that lifting of each other up and really supporting each other on this journey? And so I'm really excited about that. We kick off end of February and there's some spots still open for that one. So money-wise. Like, what is the money-wise like? What is that going to be? The mastermind? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yep. So it's in cohorts of eight and we have uh, monthly live trainings that I run. I, I run all the calls and all the trainings. It's not a bunch of uh, guest trainers doing their freebies. It's all me. Um, so a monthly live training and then biweekly hot seat coaching calls. And we have a Slack channel for Monday Friday coaching. There is the resource library with just everything that you need, all the guides and templates and workbooks sort of to supplement it. But just a, like a small, intimate community of women getting coached by me with their money in their home life and in their business. Ah, oh, awesome. I think that's perfect. And yeah. I look forward to hearing how that goes and what that looks like. Um, yeah. And I think it's great that you're allowing other women to kind of come together. And it, it's like opposite of keeping up with the Joneses, right? It's like, hey, let's, let's look under the covers and let's like figure out how to make this work. So it's yeah. great. Let's, yeah, let's slow down. Let's do what we actually want. And yeah, F the Joneses. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much, Katie. I'm so glad you shared all this. And I'm sure that we'll get to hear more about you here soon. Thank you, Tori. Have a good one. Gosh, don't you think we all need a little Katie in our lives? If you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to run a business and a household, you know that the financing part of it can be a huge anxiety attack or messy just because it's such a huge task in itself. And if you don't have your hands on the reins, it can throw off your entire life, not just your business, but your home life as well. So it's so important to get a handle on that. And just like she mentioned, it is completely normal to feel like it's a little chaotic with the financing side. That is normal. And a lot of other entrepreneurs deal with the same thing. But what's important to also know is when she touched on the fact that you have complete control over the relationship that you have with your money, that was eye-opening because that means that no matter what your beliefs were previously or the story that you told yourself about money based on how you were raised or how your parents you know, brought you up to think about money or what you ta were taught in school or what you now know, you have the ability to change your belief and your actions based on what you want moving forward. Ah, it's so huge. So if you haven't connected with Katie yet and it's something that you would love to be a part of as, as well as being in a community of other women entrepreneurs just like you running a business and a household and working on the struggles with money, you should definitely see what she's got going on with her MoneyWise. I truly think she is needed in this space and I think she'll be changing the way we all think about money here soon. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of the Homefront Podcast, where happiness is our true profit. If you enjoyed today's chat, please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. This helps us to learn, grow, and reach more listeners. Join me again next week as we drop new stories, experiences, and game-changing tips for your home front and biz. As always, here empowering you in business and in life. Until next time.